Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Facing the first line of defense that Lynn Jarvis had sent to guard the gates into the contract house, your supporting forces took some losses. The farmers who came to fight alongside you account for most of the wounded and other casualties, but some of the athletes from the sporting association are also too injured to go on. Despite your losses, the battle was still a victory. Once Carment, empowered with unknown magic, was defeated, the rest of the forces stood little chance. Even with their anti-magic eyes in place, they could not keep up against your attacks. Florence, and a small cadre of athletes, kept the ballistae occupied during the fight. She calls down from the nearest, signaling their success from atop the walls. Sam, Carolina, Felicity, and the rest of your closer allies, aside from Parlin, are by your side, though your Tamani friends are still concealing their true nature. The gates into the contract house remain shut. The anti-magic eyes are still active, and Lynn Jarvis awaits you within. Considering how forcefully you turned down his quote-unquote offer of peace, it is unlikely that he and his forces are idle within. Your previous journey inside was brief and left many paths unexplored. It is up to you if you want to take the circuitous path offered before or try to find a more direct route. But before we get into the action, I want to talk about a mechanical change for Arnus's Rebellious Spells Divine Feature. If you recall, for the first part of this attack, we didn't roll for it at all. This was only semi-intentional. As custom content, we don't know if it's good until we use it, and we just weren't happy with the old format. To that end, I've completely rewritten it to function with rebellious charges, similar to his Empowered Spells feature. The main difference is that I get to spend these charges to introduce various tiers of effects, which we can get into as we use them. But for now, Aranus, Shannon, go ahead and roll that 1d6 plus 1, so we can find out how many charges I have to play with. Oh, I get to roll. Yeah. Is that to keep you honest? It, it keeps me honest and it keeps you informed. And <laughs> I like it when you, the players, roll the dice. Okay, so I rolled this and I want Chris to look at it to verify that I'm not lying to you. I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> all right, all That's right. I, then. Was, I was giggling. Well, I figured it was a one or a six at that giggle. <laughs> I was expecting a six. That's, that's what I was expecting. Okay. Let me, let me write this down real fast. Well, with a total of just two, that does keep the highest tier of effect out of reach for me today. But that doesn't mean that I can't use the minor and major tiers for some fun times. We'll just have to see. Okay. With that out of the way, you stand in front of the gates to the contract house. The wounded 
being tended to and taken away. The dead, dead. The anti-magic eyes active, and the gates closed. What would you like to do? Mm, is there like an obvious way to deactivate those anti-magic eyes? Seeing as you killed the folks who were using them, no. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. If someone would like to go up and perform an Arcana check, maybe you can figure it out. But there's not oh. an obvious switch or lever. Um, I can, I can do it one second. I was going to say, I can, I can do that too. We can team it up. Yeah. You've, you've got a couple right. of magic folk with you. Yeah. It's really up to you. I mean, they're not going to affect you as long as you stay out of their line of vision. Yeah. But if we can figure out how to deactivate these, if there are more inside, which we've been led to believe, we might be able to deactivate those too, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Theoretically Indeed. speaking. As long as they work the same. Yeah. I can go help check out one of those. Okay. So mm-hmm. or not, it wouldn't be me. It would be Finnegan, but yeah, let's do it. All right. So I guess we're both going to roll here. Yeah, go for it. Oh, that's fun. You said Arcana, correct? I certainly did. Unless you've got something that you think would be no, better no, suited no, no. for... I'll take the Arcana. That's a uh, 25 for me. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, he did really well. I got a 13. <laughs> rolled real low. I rolled a 15. Mm. Chris... How do you how spell Finnegan's name again? How spell Finnegan? F I N N I G A N. Ah, that's right, Finny, Finnegan, Finnegan. Okay, with a thirteen and a twenty-five, Arnis, the best you can do is understand the scope of these things' range. The eye exudes a cone of anti-magic, basically, and it extends out for about fifty feet from where it's activated. Finnegan, you're able to get a little bit better understanding of the eye and the magic that works within it to suppress other magic. And if you wish, you can turn this one off. It does require you to physically touch it to turn it off, though. Would you like to do so? Is there any indication that like interacting with it would do any sort of permanent or long-term effect on any of my like magic items? Hmm... No. Okay. While you're within its cone of effect, yeah, it'll have an effect yeah. on your magic items and your own magic yourself. But just turning it on and off won't affect you or your stuff. I'm just, you know, being excessively careful is mm-hmm. not a bad idea right now. Um, so yeah, I'll shut it down. And I could shut the other, other one down too. Yeah, that's fine. You know, you place your fingers on a few key spots on the back of the eye, channel some of your own magic into it, and just kind of... Okay. Yeah, I think the only way that it could have a lasting effect on you is if someone were to somehow overpower them or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, sorry, overcharge them, cause them to explode. If there was some sort of crazy, wacky magic that happened here, but I don't think that that's going to, that's very unlikely. Cool. Magic eyes deactivated. What's next? How big slash heavy are these things? Um, they're made out of stone. And they are larger than a bowling ball. They are pretty heavy. Are they, like, could we feasibly have one of the, like, athletes carry one, like, at the back of our train of people, though? Just lugging it around? Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I definitely think there's an athlete in this group who's got a strength of 20. This would be all they do. Oh, yeah. They might, well, and like, I'm just thinking, though, that it could be really handy at some point and having it following us around turned off, ready to be turned on since I know how to work it could be really handy at some point. Okay. <laughs> what does the group think? Am I being ridiculous here or does this seem like No, I was kind of thinking the totally same thing. In. This is a useful thing, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's the right. equivalent of having someone bring up the rear with a ballista just in case. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm all about the weird plans this weekend, Scott. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just, I just need a name now for who's this big brute. Um, all right. This very large, muscular, you know, thighs like tree trunks, big, burly arms, this human 
grappler named Squeak. Squeak. Awesome. Loving it. Squeak is very burly, not cut, just big. Like the kingpin in Spider-Man, just big. Wears very little. Has a few tattoos on him. Longish hair. Really rough hands. Specializes as a grappler. And walks behind one of these big old magic eyes. <laughs> lifts it up. Holds it up against his chest. It's an effort for him to do this. Especially for a long period of time. But it's something he can do. Sure. Cool. Okay. Hoists it up. I got it. Just show me where to point it. Or throw it. I will throw it if I have to. Don't know how far he could throw it, but it would hurt. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be like having a very heavy bowling ball thrown at you. Uh-huh. So, when I say bigger than a bowling ball, I don't just mean like, you know, a little bit heavier, a couple inches bigger. It's more like one of the medium-sized, uh, like those Atlas stones that you see in those strongman competitions. They have to pick up from the ground and set up on a pedestal. So like 18 inches around, maybe a little bit bigger. Okay. Squeak's carrying that around. What's next on the agenda? Um, as we're kind of forming ranks and planning to move out, I want to like specifically take the time to teach Squeak how to correctly like turn it on and off. Oh, he's so not able he, to do that. Oh, okay. he, he, one, he has to carry it. And if he were to try to do that, he'd have to put it down. Two, not magical. He's a strong man. Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was something that needed magical knowledge or if it was like push these runes in this order and I could teach that. But no, it's, it. it's, it's it. channeling magical skill. Cool. Then never mind. I, as much as I wish that were the case, you. Yeah. No. <laughs> Big burly man. And also, like, these are your tools to use. <laughs> yes. I got you. Cool. Okay. Then, um, all I have is like, let's do it. Let's knock him out. Take him down. Do what we do. Okay. Yeah. Still, big old shut gate in your way. Oh yeah. Well, let's kick the shit out of that thing. So there's a gate, and then like there's a wall, right? The gate is all, set all in the, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The contract um, house is separately walled from the rest of the city. Okay. And there's more of his forces visible within the gate, right? The like, we can see so them. The gate is solid. Thick wood. Oh, heavy wood. Okay. Big enough for, like... Um, okay. Like a big old door. All right. Yeah. Like a big old uh, door. Big enough easily for a wagon to pass through. But... Okay, okay. You're not out of your... Uh, you're not out of your mind to think that there are more forces... Okay. If not right on the other side of it, at least somewhere inside the contract house. But we can't see It's a see gate, them. right? It's oh. just, just a gate. So it would be real stupid to try to climb the wall. <laughs> but we could we could very easily scout it. I could get up there real easy, but if they see me, we have a it bird. Might be an issue. Oh we yeah, that's even better. Yeah. You could send a bird over the wall to scout if you wanted and that's to. That's a lot less suspicious than a dude. It is. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to just go running up and down that wall today, Darwin? I no? mean, I want no? to. That sounds fun. I don't do that very often, but you can. Eh, I don't think it's a great idea. All right. So I'm going to give kind of a general command to Sunbeak to kind of fly over and scout out and come back. To be clear, though, if this doesn't work, um, we're sending the dude that can't die over the wall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, the walls are only like forty, fifty feet tall. Darwin could easily run up them if he so chose. Sunbeak is going to make the first more subtle recon pass this is a path that you all walked before when you first entered in so in terms of size that much is not new information but in terms of what's on the other side when sunbeak returns when sunbeak returns how does she actually communicate with you finnegan i think i take the time to do the ritual to activate my um speak with animals so that i can actually like very effectively communicate with her when she comes back okay no problem, no problem. When she returns, she perches on a lamppost because she's still not landing on you directly. Gotta earn that trust. Gotta feed those mice to her. Gotta feed her those mice. There we go. And what is, how does she say this? Um, 
the gate is the gate is blocked with a large piece of tree timber only saw only saw one over there on the other side they were see-through not really there oh okay so if it understand she's speaking from her own understanding so there's some sort of invisible barrier on the other side hmm no 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 she's what? talking about no. one person oh but they were see-through right yeah yeah there's yeah, one okay. person human shaped but could look through them and the gate she... is the gate is barred with a piece of wood on the other side got it yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. you know old style castle door yeah, yeah. big old timber got it, okay. laid across it and then yeah there's a see-through person on the other side Cool. So that's cool. I'm going to instruct her to fly to the other side and find a perch to watch from so that she's already waiting to like help us when we get over there. Okay. She flies away. And as she does that, I'm going to walk over to Cyril and instruct her to burrow down and find a spot on the other side of the fence to prep her attack from, right? So, like, she's going to burrow down nice and deep and, and then make her way over to the other side of the door also. Is she coming up from the ground before you get over there? No, no. She'll okay. wait for the the sounds of the combat to begin and then she'll okay. join us. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure that you weren't just having her pop up from the ground all on her own. Gotcha. Okay. And then I'm going to see if I have any ways to get us over through or around that door. So that's my contribution right now. Everyone else can speak up. <laughs> I'm not sure. I could run up the wall, but with Invisible Dude there, that may not be the right move. But it is certainly a move. It is a move. Uh, it would be cool if we could unbar the gate, but I also doubt I could do that on my own, right? It, it might be difficult to do solo. Especially... With a strength of zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had some way to break the timber on the other side, uh, that would work. Do have a sword? With... Might take some time, but yeah, not out of have... question. It would probably make a lot of noise and be very visible, though. So I still don't think that's the right call. At least not yet. Mm-hmm. So basically, I got nothing for the moment. Um, Arnis, any ideas? I can have NPCs speak up, but it's not like they're going to give you the answer. Right, 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 right. Um, there's part of me that not having a another solution just kind of wants to say, "Hey, Squeak, why don't you throw that giant ass rock at that gate and see what happens?" Um, just because I know that, like, you know, like we can get over the wall, but there's no guarantee we can get the gate open and to get other people through it. Right, to get other people through it before whatever is in there in like invisible or not quite visible mm-hmm. does something. It's possible whatever's there is like an illusion too, but I don't want to take that chance. Um, I don't want to chance that it take the chance that it's some sort of like alarm system as well. Okay. So I, mean, I, uh, I, mean, I don't know what you're worried about in terms of an alarm system. They know you're there. Well, I guess <laughs> you that's just true. murdered I a guess... bunch of dudes in front of the gate. This isn't a stealthy approach. An alarm so... system, you're worried about it being like a trap. Yeah. Yeah. And like basically. in the traditional sense, not the like it's mm-hmm. a trap sense. Right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. But um, yeah. So I'm just. Maybe we could starve them out. I don't I That's doubt it. Not, we don't have enough. I don't want to play the long game here. <laughs> I know. No, uh, I know if I you know. want to besiege the contract house. <laughs> yeah. Um, doable, but yeah. Uh, that usually works when you have more resources than the people inside, which you may, but. You might if they can't get out. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, she only scouted one creature on the other side, right? So if Darwin can get up and over really essentially in a turn, right? He absolutely can. That gives Darwin on the other side opening the door. It gives uh it gives us essentially Cyril and Sunbeak there to distract the dude while Darwin opens the gate and then the rest of us can rush in. I could maybe try to this is risky, but I could 
depending on where the bar is, right? I don't know if it's physically where I could get to it, but I maybe could drop down onto it. You know what I mean? Oh, like dive the, kick do the dive bomb thing? Yeah, if it's placed right, which I wouldn't know until I got up top, right? Yeah, I would certainly entertain that. That sounds like fun. If that's the plan, I can throw one more <laughs> bonus to it, but keep in mind that I only have so many spell slots. Like, so what's I your range? I wouldn't want you to waste it until I got up there, because it's possible I'll look at it and it won't be at an angle where I can hit it, right? The bonus I could throw that would help this whole thing is I do have invisibility, right? And, is, and, mm. and invisibility is a level two spell, Ooh. but I hesitate to use it because I only have three level two spell slots. Okay, how about this instead? How about sure. how about I just give Darwin Bardic Inspiration? That way, whatever he has to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. if he can't drop down on it and do something, then he can at least, like, take the bonus to the strength check to lift it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I assumed that the Bardic Inspiration was more for the, uh, the dive bomb skill check that Darwin would have to make. Well, right. But then, but if he, like, if for some reason, like, he gets up there and, and he can't mm-hmm. do that, then the inspiration would still help him if he like drops down and has to lift it. Can I, can I just say this now? Sure. So people aren't messing around with contingencies. This is a fun plan. If Darwin wants to try it, I will let him try it to, to leap down and spin kick a giant timber to open up a gate. Hell yeah. That sounds cool. I would leave this up to the dice, not my wanting to screw you over. Fair enough. In which case, then, I'm still, like, I would still advocate for Bardic Inspiration just so Over Finn isn't slot, burning yeah. a spell slot. Mm-hmm. I agree. That that seems like a better plan. Yeah. The main advantage of the invisibility would be you wouldn't immediately be noticed. Right. Which would be helpful, but in theory, if I can get this gate open, that's a non-issue anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, right. If you slice right through that timber, you'll push that gate open. You'll be able to push that gate open. If that's what people want to do, because yeah, I think the NPCs, as far as like Sam and Carolina go, were also just going to be like, we should find some way to break this fucking gate. <laughs> we got fire, right? We got. I don't know. Um, right, there's that too. I fire you know, in time. I have the ability to fire if if it comes to worse. But fire is not instant unless you had like fireball or some other sort of explosive. Right, thing. right, right. Yeah, which I don't. <laughs> but this sounds really fun to have Darwin run up a wall and drop down. Does sound pretty fun. All right. Very cinematic. Arnis, what are these inspiring words you give to Darwin? <laughs> I'm just trying to think like after all the shit like Darwin and I have been through, I think I probably just put a hand on his shoulder and I say, well, you can't die. So here's a little extra luck. <laughs> <laughs> Darvin, I'm just looking for your dive bomb thing. I don't know where I put it. Do you have it handy? I do. All right. Would you like to read that for us? Yes. So it is an action. It is a... Hang on. Melee weapon attack reaches five feet. One target on a hit. Blade deals normal damage. 1d8 plus 1d6 plus dex. When dropping down from great heights, this blade can cause tremendous damage. In addition to the attack, roll an acrobatics check of DC 20. If successful, the attack deals an additional 1d8 piercing damage for every 10 fallen past the first 10 feet. If unsuccessful, Mm. I fall prone. Mm -hmm. So basically, normal damage and then 1d8 piercing for every 10 feet past the first 10. And then the prone thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just hoping that you don't do that. Same. That would be bad. Oh, that's right. It's on your leg. Sorry. The sword. The, the the ability is on the leg on sword. The yeah. item that is with the leg sword. Not the chart, not the Cade thing, yeah. Right, right. It's I was looking earlier. I feel better. I was looking for I was looking for an item of just or I was looking for a, a card that was just the ability, not Ah. Uh, not like hey leg sword. Did you find it? I, can I send will you have a picture it. if it'll help. No, no, no I, I will have it, it in just a moment. Um, okay. I just have to open up my items doc. This was from back when we were playing in person, so all I have is the hard copy. Somehow I still have it. Mm-hmm. There we go. Darwin's leg blade. 
Darwin's hidden leg blade, not so hidden Hidden anymore. leg blade, not so hidden because I rock, walk around with it exposed on the rig. Because someone stole your leg. That's right, that is why I do that. <laughs> but even before that, I kind of did that anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, Darwin. So? The stone wall that surrounds the contract house is about 40, 50 feet tall. For sake of fun and flavor and extra damage, we'll go with the full 50. And you're easily able to run straight up that wall, thanks to your monk ability that lets you run up vertical surfaces. From the top of the wall, you can easily confirm what Sunbeak had passed along to Finnegan. There is a barred gate there, and there is a see-through person. They don't look armed. They aren't standing in any sort of, like, in alert fashion. Just standing there. Looking around, looking at the gate, waiting. From 50 feet up, mm, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. From 50 feet up, you can tell that this is an illusory version of Lynn Jarvis, who's just standing there, watching the gate, waiting. Ah, uh, okay. Less, uh, a less complete illusion than when you first saw him in the throne room. This one is just like a ghostly version of Lynn Jarvis standing there watching. Got you. And sure enough, right there on the gate, as Sunbeak had passed along, big old timber blocking the gate. And if you want to drop down and try to cut through that thing in one fell swoop, I say go for it. Hell yeah, I do. This is an inanimate object, so I don't think we're going to have to worry about the attack action of this, or the attack roll portion of this. Nice. Um, but I think still you just the... need to roll the... Um, I, you can roll, because if you crit, then... Uh, you can roll with advantage, because it's an inanimate object. And really only rolling to see if you crit. Because if you crit, you get way more damage. Got you. Okay, rolling. I did not crit. I got like a 27. Okay. A 27 definitely hits. It's a piece of wood. It is not magically guarded by anything. So you'll hit it. You just need to make that acrobatics dex check, and you have that bardic inspiration, which is oh, a yeah. d10, right, Aranus? Right, Aranus? Either way, I forgot to get out my d4s and d10s, so... Mm-hmm. So, Aranus, that is a d10 for the bardic inspiration, correct? Correct. Okay. Just want to make sure Nate knows what he's dealing with in terms of bonuses. All right, Nate, you got an extra d10 here. Nice. So I, I'll be surprised if you fail, but... Okay, plus my acrobatics bonus, which is decent, because it's dex. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know if I am. 18 total? I didn't roll super well. Hmm. That is not super well. What is your right. acrobatics bonus? It's five. I rolled a 12 <sighs> and a three. Wait, you, you rolled a 12 on the d20? Shit, sorry, that's a 20. I can't do math. I should just give you numbers from now on. No, no, no. You need to do maths. Um, I know, I'm sorry. It's a 20. Asking the English teacher to do math, that's my fault. It's impossible. I know. That is a 20, which means you do just barely succeed. Thank you for that inspiration, Arnis. And thank you for making me recount the number, Scott. I was curious how you rolled so low, because I know you've got a decent dex bonus. So I added 12 and 3 and got 13, is what happened. <laughs> I don't nice. know. How. Anyway, yeah. So that's Anyway. 20. Which means you get the 1d8 plus dex slashing, the 1d6 necrotic damage, and then you get an extra d8 for every 10 past the first 10. So... An extra 4d8. So it's 5d8 plus 1d6 plus dex. Okay. Let's shatter some wood. All right. Hang on. Let me make sure I have enough d8s. I need one more. Only because... Yeah. There they are. Okay, cool. Okay. So first I'm going to do... I'm going to write down what my rolls are so I can't get confused. Uh, So first I'm going to do the sword, which is the 1d8. Dex plus 1d6. Sorry, 1d8 plus dex plus 1d6. Mm-hmm. Which is a low roll on the 1d8 plus dex, which is 
five is that so that's twelve for that first one. Mm-hmm. And then it you said five d eight for the falling damage, right? Four d eight. Four d eight. Four d eight. Five yeah. was with the gotcha. Mm-hmm. In case you wanted to do it all at once. Got you. Which I'm not nearly mathematically inclined enough for. <laughs> okay, that's a sixteen for a total of twenty-eight. So total of twenty-eight damage. Yes. Awesome. Darvin, you leap down from the wall and you drop your leg sword right into this timber and it splinters and cracks open, falling to the ground. Thud, thud. This illusion of Lynn Jarvis sees you right away. You made a very grand entrance onto this side of the wall. <laughs> Master Grimm, unexpected to be sure. Very impressive. However, we are not here merely to be entertained by your antics. I will give you one last chance, Master Grimm. Turn back now. Let those criminals outside the gates be punished. Any further acts of violence on your behalf will only increase their punishment. So the gate is, the bar is demolished, but the gate's not open, right? It's just got to be, you know, pushed open now. I want to just ignore what he says and just push the gate open nonchalantly. Just. <laughs> I mean, technically, that's not an act of violence. All I'm doing is opening a gate, so he can't complain, but, you know. If violence follows from it, he sure can. Um, that's not what he said. But never mind. He's going with the spirit of his words. And are you turning your back on him when you do this, or are you just, like, staring at him while you push it open? Well, I'm assuming I have to turn my back on him, right? If it's if he's between it, I guess I could push it open backwards. I could like back yeah, into that, it. Yeah, that would be cooler. Let's do that. Okay. Then you back up into the gate, and you have to throw your body weight into it to push it open. Even unbarred, it's still kind of heavy. But yeah, it opens up. Everyone on the outside, you see Darvin push this gate open, and inside you can see an illusory Lynn Jarvis standing there looking very disappointed at Master Grimm. I tried. And then he turns around and walks back into the contract house. All right, everybody. Gate's open. The illusory Lynn Jarvis has left. Why? I think we're walking through it. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page here. Darwin has opened the gate in a very fantastical fashion. And you and your forces all begin walking in through the gate into this area between the wall and the contract house itself. Everybody do me a favor. Roll perception real fast. Ooh, perception. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bonus oh, is still was... negative. <laughs> I got a 12. Fuck. Arnis? Um, well, he beat me. I got an 11. <laughs> Darwin? I got a 14. Hey, nice. That's my negative bonus. <laughs> and your allies, who are with you, I'll just roll paradise here. Paradise? Mm-hmm. Got two tickets. 14 and a 15. Darvin, you said 14, right? Yes. Well, unfortunately, this is all a little bit low. But as you all enter in through the gates and begin walking up the path towards the contract house, what was that? It was a little shake. Was it an earthquake? Was it a rumble? I don't know. It was something. Something. That's surely not going to come back and bite us in the ass. It's fine. Nope. <laughs> okay. What's the plan? Are you going to point that out to the rest of us? I mean, if Darwin doesn't say anything, your, your allies... Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'll point out that I felt the shaking. Hmm. Okay. That's not good. And with that, I kind of reach out telepathically and uh, and connect with Cyril and check that they weren't, like, moving around underground causing that. I mean, I as a player know that that's not what caused it, but, <laughs> but mm-hmm. Finney double check to make sure that Cyril's not just being playful. Cyril responds, uh, that wasn't me. I don't know what the hell that was. Why don't you cool. come up here and join us? I don't want you down there if something is down there. Okay. A few moments later, there's a... <laughs> Cyril climbs out of the ground. 
And I go over and give her a couple of pat-pats. Very adorable. Very adorable. It's especially adorable because she's huge. (laughs) And uh, look to the group and I say, Oi, are we moving in? It would seem to me there's no time like the present, so... Yep. Cool. You go into the front door, you find yourself in the very same entry hallway that you did before. And if you go straight down, you'll end up in the throne room. Uh, If you take the turn off to the left, that is the path that you had been told about to get to the count room, which was a little bit more circuitous. And then there's also a door to the right that goes somewhere that you don't know. What would you like to do? Do we feel like there's a point in going around? Probably not. Like the the point in going around would be to subvert expectation and come up behind their flank if they're waiting in the hallway for us. True, but we already tried to go that way, and he knows that. So you're thinking that both ways would be prepared for us? Because Um, he knows we know about the one. There's also, though, I I feel like there's got to be a way also through the throne. Because this guy is the type of guy I feel like would have some sort of secret passage. A contingency, if you will. Looking for Petrocon. That's who it was. Petrocon, the steward. Wait, no, Petrocon's not the one who told you. It was the uh, like the doorman guy who told you. I forget his name. Does anybody remember the doorman's name? I think I have it written down. Hang on. I have it. It was a somewhat older human gentleman who was the main hall doorman there in the contract house by the name of Kippins. Kippins had told you that there is a way to the count room through the throne room, which, seeing as that was within this past week, I don't think anybody would have forgotten about. So let's try that route first, as opposed to going with the full frontal assault. <laughs> I think before you were taking the circuitous route so as not to do the obvious thing, but and also because you didn't want to see Petra Khan again after you just stormed out all in a huff. Yep. So is that the plan, people? I think so, yeah. Sounds good to me. Okay. As you and your forces walk through the main hallway towards the throne room, you notice Kippen's not here. In fact, nobody's in this main hallway. Coming into the throne room, you see two people. Petrakhan is not one of them. The first person you see is just that illusory Lynn Jarvis, who is walking to the far side of the throne room and then taking a door off to the right in the back corner. The second person you see is our lizard folk guard friend, Ogtrop, just standing there monitoring, still wounded, still a little bit bandaged. Really just the, uh, just like the scout for this room. And as you all come bursting in, he says, oh gosh, (sighs) I was worried you all would make it through the front lines. I don't know what y'all think you're going to accomplish here. If you think Lynn's going to let you just walk all over him without any sort of consequence. Well, then you're idiots. I'm sorry, what indicated to you that this wasn't already a fight? I know it's a fight. I just don't want to be the one doing the fighting. Well, you have two options, boy. You can lay down your sword, or we can kill you here, because you've clearly chosen your side in this fight. Look, I'm not going to be raising my sword to anybody. Wonderful, then you'll die quick. <laughs> I don't fancy dying either. I'm just watching this room. If anybody tried to come in, I'm supposed to let other folks know. Easy as that. I'm in no condition for fighting. And it's true, he is still healing from the previous injuries that you gave him. He has not raised a weapon. Just to be very clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we're already in the room, and you haven't Mm -hmm. done anything, so what's to stop me from just waltzing to the other side to get to the counting room? No. Common sense, maybe? Common sense? You do know that common sense dictates that you shouldn't live under the thumb of a tyrant, right? Eh. Common sense says I should be living. I'll take it where I can get it. So, then I'll make you a deal. You just stand there, and don't warn anybody, and you can go on living. You'd kill me for raising an alarm. Oi. <laughs> or we could just time to a chair and make sure he doesn't do anything. I mean, 
we're already in the middle of storming the castle. So... He's chosen his side. Yeah. <laughs> He'd rather serve the masters than be his own. He's either a coward or a moron. Or he's stalling us. Aye. <laughs> See, and once again, I just want to have Squeak throw that giant rock at him. You can. <laughs> want that. No, um, I walk <laughs> over to Squeak and I'd like to activate the orb. Okay. Where do you want to point it? I want to have him rake it across the room. Oh, okay. Out in front of us. Yeah. You go right ahead. You activate it. Squeak just kind of rotates. Octrop sees what you're doing. He's like, oh, hey, you brought one of the eyes. Very nice. Very strong fella there. Squeak, big fan, by the way. The eye passes over Octrop. Did you think I was magic? Perhaps. We already fought once. Clearly. If I had any magical ability, I would have used it then. As Squeak rotates and passes the gaze of the eye across the room, you don't notice anything change. Hmm. It was worth a try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll deactivate it. All right. Here's, here's my problem. Like, and this is not Arnus saying this, but this would be Arnus's mindset. Even though we already fought this dude once and he's clearly chosen a side, he hasn't raised a weapon. And so Arnus is not going to give the order to just strike him down. Like, so, I'm not going to do that because I just can't. Sorry, right. other no, people no, can. I'm not going to either. Like, Finnegan is frustrated with him because he's clearly, like I said, either a coward or a moron. But Finnegan's not the type who's going to kill him in cold blood either. He will, however, say, uh, this, this man's clearly not chosen to fight this fight. Although he has chosen his side. I say we gag him and take him as a prisoner of war. I agree. Do you want to take him with you through the rest of the contract house? Or are you going to have someone like tie him up and haul him out of here? Yep. Which one? The second one. Both? (laughs) Um, You you can't do both. I think that would make him dead. (laughs) We tie him up, gag him, and have someone haul him out. Where is he being taken to? Just to the, to like back to the, the kind of square where we fought, where like our injured and like, weaker allies are waiting. Like outside the gate. Okay. A couple of your athlete allies move forward to restrain Ogtrop. Just for flavor's sake, we will say it is the plant fighter who uses the net and the trident. And it's an older halfling who, let's say they were a shot put specialist. They were out there throwing stones during the fight. And they begin tying up Ogtrop, who's just. Ugh, he's he's so done with y'all. Like, he did sign up for this shit, but at the same time, he didn't sign up for this shit. And he makes it really hard not to kill him, doesn't he? I mean, he's not taunting you. He's just like, oh, fuck, I get tied up now. And yeah, There's no, a few I've winces kind of, of pain. Little, yeah, I've got a little bit of a feeling of like you're you're tying up and thinking of as prisoner were like an imperial officer. That guy's still a douchebag who chose the wrong side. Mm. If he weren't so but, injured, maybe he would try to put up a fight, but he's still recovering and, again, alone. They go to gag him, very aware of his very sharp teeth. They pass a couple like leather straps through his mouth, tie that secure, and then you just hear Ogtrop, Oh, <laughs> And someone take this one out of here. The older halfling shot putter will give him a swift push just in the back of the thighs, and our drop will start walking out. He's being compliant and just Yeah. Okay. With Ogtrop's exit, you and your allies are alone here in the throne room. There's the pair of chairs. Most recently used by Lynn Jarvis, Petra Khan. And then at the far end of the room, there are two doors. There's one set into the back wall, and then there's one set on the far end of the right-hand wall, which is the one that the illusory Lynn Jarvis went down through. I want to check the one that Lynn Jarvis went through for any sort of, like, arcane booby traps. Okay. You can, you can roll Arcana, then. It's a 15. Not so much a booby trap as it is more like a magical thread. It seems to be like a path that this illusion 
is being marked to follow along, if you had to guess. Mm. As I explain this, I'll say, I, uh, this uh, gives me concern. We seem to, be of, to have been following this thing for quite some time, and I'm concerned that this is exactly what he wants us to do. Can we go through the other door? Okay. Sounds okay. good to me. After we check it for traps. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can go ahead and roll some perception or investigation on that door to see if it's trapped. Roll some perception. Uh, can I assist with some investigation? Tag um, team this door? I think you could roll your own with investigation. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. What do you got, Arnis? I got a 16. Okay. That was perception. Yep. I got a 23 investigation. Dang. Ooh. It's like the third time he's showed me up with the roll this evening. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what happens is Aranus finds that there is a trap. Finnegan points out what kind of trap it is. Arnis, you're studying the door. You look and there's just some notches in the frame that look out of place that seem like a trap. And Finnegan, you're able to tell that this is a trap if someone were to open the door, things will shoot out of those notches. Cool, yeah. So then, do, 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 with that knowledge, trying to see if there's anything I can have that could, like, stopper those. I mean, what do you have? What are you thinking? I take, I have two thoughts. Can I take a torch and hand it to someone stronger than me and have them, like, strip pieces of it off to like jam into that um how many torches do you have i think this is going to take ten. more than one ten? Ten. stupid adventurers packs and their <laughs> weird things um i think with three torches yes they can be broken apart you're going to lose some just to splintering or pieces being too yeah. small or too big but sure we just need a roll for you putting those in there to actually block them to make sure that you don't accidentally trigger it while you're doing so. What would that be? What would that be? Yeah. Yeah, that would be a sleight of hand. Let's just go sleight of hand. It's a dexterous so, movement. As I begin to make this plan to do this, I look around and I look at my companions and I look at Darwin and I say, this is a good plan. Or no, I say, Oi, this is a good plan. I came up with a strong brain, but you've got the better fingers for this, I believe. <laughs> Would you mind? Sure. All right. Darwin, you've got a bunch of broken, splintered pieces of torches now, and if you want to plug up these holes that would shoot things into whoever opens this door, you can go ahead and give it a try. Yeah, let's try that. Roll sleight of hand, just to get these things in there without triggering the trap. Okay. Uh, that's not a good roll. Uh oh. I rolled a seven total. Oh, Ooh. damn. A seven. Okay. Well, Darwin, you tripped the trap. Damn this it. is one way to disarm it. That is one way to disarm it. Not bad, though. Not bad. You're only going to take 10 piercing damage. Okay. As various needles and bits of torch wood get shot into you. Ouch. Just a little. I'm going to be like, well, I neutralized the trap. That is one way to do it. Sam says, effective, not elegant, but effective. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's how we roll. <laughs> we roll twos. Uh, I mean, I think we can go through the door now. Yup. Okay. So, trap tripped. Going in, right? Yes. Okay. Going in. Who's taking often, the lead? How often do you think we should check Darvin. for traps along the way? Yeah, I nominate Darvin. Okay, I will take lead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You're less likely to die than any of us. <laughs> it's fine. I get it. I mean, the other option would be to send Cyril first because she's pretty tough. But I think Cyril's right behind Darvin. And I'm at the back, 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 back around the corner back. Okay. Are we ready to go through this door? Yes. Cool. Darwin, shot up with needles and splinters, opens the door. As you do so, there's a sound as it would have been shooting you, but it doesn't. 
you've already been shot. Opening up the door, you see a rather large hallway. It's about 15 feet wide, and it's a good 60 feet long. On the far side of the hallway, up and in the corners, like a pair of security cameras, are two more of those anti-magic eyes. Looking up from where you are immediately inside the door, you see two more up in these corners as well. Between the four of them, they can easily cover this entire hallway. The walls are lined with etchings of soldiers. And on the far end of the room are four more guards. Two on a knee, two standing up, all four of them pointing crossbows in your direction. And if you're one of them, simply call out, say, Halt, turn around, or we shoot. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.